I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your, Your Angry, Angry Neighborhood, Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Did you think that I went first? Well, you see, listen, we're back together again, which is lovely and wonderful, even though we're back... In the closet, ironically. Ironically, for the coming out episode, we're back in the closet. We had some <laughs> recording issues for the mini last time. Uh, just some difficulties that we have to work out before we can fully start taking advantage of the recording room. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, in order to give you the best sound quality possible, we are back in the closet. Ironically, for the coming out episode. But At least the yes, door's open. The door is open. We're getting some air, some cross breeze. Not really. But... Yes, I was confused because we had just talked and I was like, so you're doing the the opening, yeah. right? And you're like, yeah. And so I hit record and then I was like, okay, go. And then she kind of like sat back a little bit like, all right, you do it. And I was like, oh yeah, that's not how we, <laughs> that's not how we intro this podcast. We're co-hosts. Yes. We, we, we co-host the podcast. We work together, Keegan. Listen, Madigan, I don't need your condescension right now. Listen. Listen, Keegan, listen. We're a little giddy. We've been at this for a minute tonight. So. <laughs> yeah, we've been... Uh, fuck, it's nine o'clock already. I need dinner. Holy shit. Let's get this thing going. Let's get this this show on the road. So, yeah. it is the final week of Pride. Wow. 
<laughs> it is the final week of Pride Month, and we wanted to give you a coming out episode. So last year, you know, there was a lot going on, and we weren't able to give you your annual coming out episode. So we wanted to be able to do that this year. We got some really lovely emails from listeners, and so I'm going to jump in and just start sharing these stories. Now, I want to go ahead and just say off the top, these stories always run the gamut, right? You have people who had really wonderful, positive coming out experiences with their friends and family, and then you had people who had not so great coming out experiences with their friends and family. And so these episodes can be really emotional and difficult, uh, and they can also be really inspirational. So just wanted to say that off the top before yeah. we get started. And I, mean, you know? I just want to say thank you, too, off the top to everybody who sent their stories in because I know that it's not always easy to come forward and be yourself and be honest. So for everybody who was feeling like they are in a place where they can share their story and they want to be helpful to the other listeners, I truly, truly commend you all for being brave enough to step forward and to trust us with your stories. Yeah, and if you're not ready yet, that's okay too. We yep. hope that listening to this episode makes you feel like you're not alone and there are other people who are in your same position or have been in your same position and it's okay. Yep. All right, so I'm going to kick us off with Get some stories. This is my semi-coming out story. So for reference, I am a seventh going on eighth grade girl in Texas. I am known as a liberal Democrat feminist at my school. Now to the story. So my grandma is bi, and she is now married to a woman, my step-grandmother, and my mom and dad are okay with that. During quarantine, I discovered and learned about sexuality. I then realized that I am bisexual. I waited and struggled with it for five months before I told anyone. I told my equal liberal best friend, <laughs> and she was totally cool with it. On a long plane ride home from a trip three months later, I spent the whole time thinking about coming out to my nanny. She is like my adult best friend through everything. I was in baggage claim and decided to send a text to her. I did, and she was fine with it. We really haven't talked about it since. The next day, I told my therapist. I still have not told my mom, even though I know she will be supportive of it because of my age. So I will probably wait two more years, but I wanted to share my story whether you use it or not. So that's a really lovely story. I think it's actually really sweet the I way that love... she put it because it's so like, that's the most Gen Z of Gen Z, like kind of just, yeah, this is, this. this I realized this. I told the people who I felt like I needed to tell and I actually feel like there's a real maturity about being like, you know what, I don't know that my mom is ready yet, but yeah. I will tell her. When yes, I'm ready. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, I know my mom's going to be cool with it, but, you know, I'm going to wait. And this this person is very young. Yeah, and I can understand that, too, when you're maybe not even at the age yet where you're dating or, you know, or dating is acceptable or okay in your household, where that could even be part of it, too, where maybe you're just not like, I don't want to talk about sex stuff with my parents yet. You oh, know what I, I mean? Like, certainly. Like, I wonder if there would be, like, a little part of that, too. I love the bi grandma. Like... All hail by nanny. I think that is so amazing because I think that that is something that a lot of us lack is like familial 
representation. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and especially in older relatives, right? Because I feel yeah. like so many of us have kind of the opposite experience where our adult relatives are maybe not outwardly judgmental, but it's kind of like they're from a different era. They're from yeah. a different time. Harder for them to understand or maybe harder for them to adjust even, like, not if it is even understanding, but just adjusting to the thought process where I think that that is such an amazing thing that they have somebody that is family that they can use as a role model, as a guide. For sure. And as a sense of comfort because, you know, I love that she, that they said that their parents are fine with, you know, the grandma being bi and being married to a woman now. Like, I just, I think that there is such a wonderful thing about this, like, kind of new age of acceptance yeah. for a lot of people that I think is is really wonderful. I'm glad you know, that that experience was so well for them. I hope that we continue to do this series for as long as we have this show, because even in the years that we have done it, I feel like we've, especially amongst our younger listeners, I feel like we continually see a shift in these stories uh-huh. among among young people because it is becoming, even in a few short years, less and less stigmatized, right? So yeah. the, the coming out stories oftentimes, the most recent ones, and this won't be the case for everyone, but, right. but oftentimes they're far less involved because it's just, I realized this thing. I told some people. Yeah. The people I told were cool with it, and that's my life. And I yeah. think that, that that coming out story is just as valid as any other one, of you know? Of course. Yeah. I mean, we there was one that we were sent that's like a few sentences long. You know what I mean? And, and I do see what you're saying, where I think the general trend of our coming out stories that we had the first year that we did this and now are very different. Yes. I've seen a real difference in people's outcomes of their yeah, stories. Yeah, I mean, and even, you know, people I follow, younger people who, you know, maybe I've I've met through theater or through something else, I've seen them during Pride Month kind of post a thing that's just like a picture on Instagram that's like, hey, I like guys and I like girls. Okay, bye. And yeah. that's that's their like coming out to the world. And yeah. it might not be their coming out privately to their their family, right. but like I remember a time when you would have had to have done this big thing. This you would cool, have had to explain yourself, right, and, you know. Yeah. And it's it's interesting and great, honestly, to see that that shift is happening. Yeah, you know, people feel comfortable being able to do it that way. Is nice. Yeah, definitely. So this story is from a listener by the name of Lena. She says, hi, my name is Lena, cis woman, and I'm not quite sure where I fall into place in the alphabet mafia, which I love. (laughs) From 14 to 22, I was dedicated to my first love, a straight cis man. We had two children together. I loved him, enjoyed his company, came to depend on him, but sex was always something I had to force myself to do. I felt disconnected from my body and used every excuse to try to avoid it. My mother told me that sex is like a chore. Ugh. Ooh. Not what you want to hear. It's not something you always want to do, but you have to, to keep your house running. Oh, dear. So I pushed through until I couldn't stand it anymore. I broke things off. As a single mom living in a one bedroom with two toddlers, I started to feel like myself. I slept around and experimented with women until meeting my current partner, a gentle, funny, and handsome trans man who has helped me enjoy sex. I'm not sure how I would define my sexuality. Queer, maybe? Pan? 
but giving myself time to figure that out is a kindness that I'm giving myself. Love the show. You dudes are hilarious. Oh, (laughs) I love that. I really love that, that it's like, you know, we were having that conversation about how sexuality is such a spectrum. Yeah. And I love that we're coming to that place now where you can say, I don't know, and actually, does it matter? Yeah. You know, does it matter? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is I think that labels are there for people to help um, feel secure within themselves. I know for me, it's just one of, it's validating. Like, it's really validating to be able to say who you are or who you love or anything like that. So I can understand why for a lot of people, having a label can be something that can make them feel very safe. But at the same time, I can understand for people that, can live without those labels. Yeah. Love who you love. Do what you're going to do. You don't have to define yourself in any certain way. And I think that however you operate as a human being is good. I love, you you watched, did you watch Shit's Creek? Of course. Yeah. And of course, that very famous line that he gives where he says, I love the wine and not the label. Yeah. Right. Where they're doing, they're doing the red wine versus white wine analogy. Yeah. And he's like, I see what you're getting at. I guess I love the wine and not the label. Like, it it doesn't really, it's what's... It's the meaning behind it. It's Mm -hmm. not the label that's in front of it. And I think that a lot of times, too, I wonder if the label is easier for cis straight people to understand. Of course. Or to be able to pinpoint. And and in that way, it's it's safer for them, too. We'd like to be able to, like, identify things and feel comfortable with them. So I think that's also very brave to be able to live in a space where you're okay with being label-less. You're okay with other people maybe questioning you. And I think that... So admirable. Is it a, really is. A really fucking tough thing to do, to just live your life truly by your own terms. And I mean, I, I listened to her talking about living in a one-bedroom with two toddlers. And, you know, I I went from living with a boyfriend to living on someone's couch to getting a studio apartment that was totally downsized. And I had nothing. I had no kitchen stuff. I didn't have any house stuff. My ex kept pretty much everything. And there was something in that lacking that I feel like really helped me learn about myself. And it goes to show you that it isn't about the way that you think life is supposed to be for you to find happiness. You know, she was married. She had kids, all of this stuff. And yet that wasn't something that made her happy. And she's able to find true happiness and be within herself, even if from an outsider's perspective, it may not seem like she has it all. You know what I mean? But she does have it all. Well, life's a journey. And I feel like society is evolving, right? You know, I was reading an article about why people in their like 50s and 60s are getting divorced, right? Because back, (laughs) back in the day, people weren't... My mom's getting divorced at 70. Right. And and back in the day, if you got to that point, typically it was just like, well, we're here now. You know what I mean? And you just stuck through it. But things have changed in that, like, we are beginning to look at our lives as, in chapters, as a journey. And saying, like, okay, that was that chapter, and it was a good chapter. There's nothing wrong with that chapter. Yeah, maybe there was. Yeah, I got two great kids out of it. You know, life experience. I'm ready to move on to the next chapter and see who this person is now. And, like, who does this person want to be? And I think that that's kind of cool. Like, a, a lot of people look at that and they think, like, oh, gosh, like, what's happening, you know, to our society? But to me, You've I'm like... You've upended your life, you but, know? But to me, I'm like, that's so exciting that yeah. you get to kind of, like, live this 
whoever you are authentically right now because yeah. it's always changing and evolving. Well, and I think we should always be changing. Like, I'm never going to be satisfied with the knowledge that I have. I think that every day I learn something new. I learn to be a better person. I learn to be a better ally. I learn to be a better friend. All of these things. Like, we're never done working on ourselves. Yeah. So why once we're married or have kids or anything like that, suddenly our evolution should stop. Like, that. that's not how our lives work. We and are it still... won't stop. doesn't matter what you do. Exactly. Yeah. So the fact that Elena was able to just fully embrace that and be authentic, leave your husband, which I'm sure, especially with how the mother responded to how she should be having sex with her husband, it's like a chore, you know, probably your family wasn't so thrilled with it. So the fact that she was able to really stick to her authenticity through what I'm sure was a very difficult time and come out of that in a in a better place is so inspiring to me. Yeah, me too. Okay, here's this next story. It's not very long, but I think it is kind of funny. I came out on Easter so that my mom would be distracted by the guests. <laughs> That is, like, I love so that. something that I would do. Like, my mom is, like, distracted with something, and I'd be like, okay, by the way, this, and then, boom, throw yeah, it back out yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, okay, she can't get loud. She Depending on what family you're in, you're like, yeah, I know it's a controlled environment. Yeah. You know, she's not going to be able to freak out on me right now, so. The thing for me would be, my mom can't cry right now. Right. We yeah. can't get into a deep conversation. I don't have to explain myself. Right. She's She's got to get the ham out of the oven. Yeah. So. And I'm going to let her process all of what I just said while she's getting the ham out of the oven. And then we'll talk later. You know what I mean? Uh, I love this person so much. I went on Pinterest and found a bunch of bisexual memes. <laughs> I sent them and she asked if I was trying to tell her something. And I said yes. All she said was, okay. <laughs> Mom! I also came out to my friends on our school email, but we had a code word. We had a code word, turtle. I got home and sent "I'm turtle" with the pink, purple, and blue hearts, which is the color of the bi flag. Yeah. And they said, "Oh my god!" <laughs> but the school can read our email, and they never asked what turtle meant, or even asked, or even talked to any of us. I just thought this story was funny because we use that code word. I don't. I love this story for so many reasons. I think, again, this is the most Gen Z a story could I be. Was, she sent memes. 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 She, she came sent out in memes. memes. And also there's something I don't My know. My mom would be like, "What? what's a meme? What is this picture with text on it? What is, what's going on? Right? And I, I don't know how old this person is, but I would assume, you know, middle school or early high school. She's, they're talking on a school email, so we can assume... They're Not in adult. school, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it feels very much that way to me where it just transports me back to being in middle school where we would communicate with Through code aim. and with code words, yeah. right? Like and for me it wasn't even aim, it was like handwritten notes, but you would use code words yeah. like if you were talking about a crush. A boy, yeah, or, or a something. crush, yeah. Yeah, where you're like I don't want them to know that I'm talking about them, so you would use a code word. I just got such a flashback. So I remember my friend Ashley in high school her our code word for her boyfriend was cookies and the code word for this is so mean the code word for my boyfriend at the time was pizza 
which I did not choose. He had horrible acne. So the, <gasps> my friends chose pizza because he oh, was a pizza no, face. honey. He's a grown man now. His face is cleared up. It's all good. But yeah, his code word was pizza. <laughs> sweet angel. Well. He was not a sweet angel. We dated oh. for like three weeks and he was kind of a douche. But whatever. He was pizza. Yeah, and I mean... <laughs> I'm assuming he doesn't listen to this podcast, so... No, um, he... I remember this song. He was really into, like, very derogatory rap that made me feel sick to my stomach. There was this one song where it's like, And then she gets some brain in the front seat of a Hummer. Oh. Do you remember that song? No. I just remember having that song playing with him in the car and him holding my hand, and I'm, like, 15 years old, and I'm like, this feels icky. That I don't like it. seems like early 2000s. I actually wanted to – I don't understand TikTok, so maybe one of our younger listeners can do this, because I was like, somebody should make I – was, I was in the car listening to Ja Rule, that's right, and I was listening – would I be with my baby? And I was like, the lyrics to the song are horrifying, and yeah. I was like, somebody should make a TikTok – that's showing songs that are worse than WAP. Because I feel like everybody is talking about how bad WAP is, and I'm like, the songs we heard growing up, that I sang along to growing up, are horrifying. Like, truly. um, I was singing in elementary school, It's Getting Hot in Here, so take off all your clothes. Well, we did a cheerleading dance in front of the whole school to that song. See, there you go. Yeah. Yet wet-ass pussy. Can't do it. Well, I mean, and even... Yeah, okay. Anyway, that's a a whole different conversation, but... We went on a tangent here. But no, I I mean, I think that... And I I responded to the listener, and to sign off, I just said, sending you love, turtle, with the turtle and a heart emoji. I think I might need to start implicating that, like, more code words into my life as an adult, even though I don't need them. The turtle? Or just code words in general. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> there should be more code words, for Actually, sure. I just remember, so at my new job, we were we were talking about some things today, this young girl that I work with, and she uh, was like, instead of like saying hooking up, because she didn't want like the guys that we work with and stuff to overhear, she's like, we're going to call it go dancing. <sighs> I remember being 17. I know. She's like, like, so me and this girl went dancing, and I was just like, okay. And I'm like, this sounds so innocent and sweet. The way I talk about sex now, it's horrifying. It's it's not. It's not. No, it's just it's just exactly we we say it exactly how it is. Right. Like there's no sugarcoating it. Anyone who listens to this podcast who also listens to my worst date knows exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) Totally. My uncle told me that he tried listening to my worst date and I was like, please don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) Because of the way I talk about sex on that show. Oh totally. When I hear that my family is listening to this, I'm like, oh God, what have I said? So three or four years ago, I started dating this one girl, and I didn't really make a big deal out of it or do a big coming out, but it was kind of the first part of that, if you know what I mean. I stopped talking about anything not cishet around my parents because I thought it made them uncomfortable, despite the fact that they were allies. During the summer of 2020, though, I started learning more about different gender identities and started to think, hmm, that feels kind of right. So for a while, I started using the term demigirl because I didn't want to go too out there. The only person I was sharing this with was my friend, Captain. After a while, I started using Girl Flux because I thought that made more sense. Then, around October 2020, I started using they-them pronouns. I had been using she-her and identifying as non-binary. I came out to a lot of friends and family on, like, October 24th, I think. 
My close family was cool with it, and so was my friend and her family. I'm still unsure about labels for my sexuality because I... Because I've been using lesbian for the longest time, but that doesn't feel accurate right now. I'm starting to even question my gender, wondering if I'm a trans guy. It's very confusing. I've been very lucky to have a lot of supportive family members and friends. Anyway, that's it. <laughs> I love this again because it's showing that it's showing that evolution. It's a journey. Yeah, and it's it's not it's not that expectation of having to like have yourself figured out when you come out the first time that there can be multiple times that you come out, that there can be multiple times that you not change your mind, but just start to find something that feels more authentic to you than the way that you were identifying before. So I think the fact that this person was going through, you know, multiple different phases of coming out, you know, first as a lesbian and then, you know, different gender identities and sexual identities, I think that that makes a lot of sense for the steps that it takes for one to learn about themselves, you know? we're always evolving. Like, that's kind of the thing, is we're always evolving. And when you can take a step back and look at humanity and, like, human lives as... We're just organisms that exist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, not to get, like, weird and existential, but, like, it's, like, we're just organisms that exist, that evolved out of whatever, right? And All of this is human creation. Right. We've placed all of these rules and all of these barriers on everything that are actually really arbitrary. Yeah. When it comes down to it, none of it has to mean anything. And so I think it's completely natural and normal, um to question that your whole life and for it to change and for it to evolve. And it doesn't have to mean anything. It doesn't have to be this thing where it's, you know, always every step forward and no steps backward and no changing and no, 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 you know. Yeah, you're supposed to have all your shit together by the time you're 18 and know what your career is going to be and know who you want to marry and all this, where that's just it's not how how it it has to be. (laughs) No, no, no. I agree. All right. Howdy. I hope this message finds you both well. I'm a big fan of your podcast and listen almost daily. That's I so like how, I like how you started that. You're like, howdy. Hey you there. You kind of had like a, a little like sexy voice going how on there. How you doing? I wanted to share my coming out story regarding the pronouns episode. When I was in high school, my mother was a computer teacher at my school and was considered a well-known ally in school for kids who were coming from any avenue of life and were in any LGBTQIA communities. We came from a religious background with an excessively rigid Baptist father, whom she thankfully divorced. My mom was a single mother at the point she was teaching, and to me, at that point, hers was the only opinion that mattered, so she really spearheaded changing my perception from the religious and unaccepting to affirming and accepting of the LGBTQIA community. So fast forward to college. She became an admin at the college I went to and was a well-known ally for kids and adults there too. I went on my first date with a girl my freshman year and never really thought much of it, honestly. Throughout life, I've dated both men and women and never felt compelled to come out even though I definitely identify as bisexual. I totally support people who come out and do it to celebrate themselves, educate others, and declare to the world that, hey, this is who I am and I love myself. However, I think it's downright fucking beautiful that I grew up in such a loving and welcoming and accepting environment that I never had to come out or have that anxiety that comes with coming out. 
My mom was the shit. I mean, for real. (laughs) I've talked about her... uh, I've talked to her about this now as an adult, and we've had discussions about how coming out is a mostly Western concept, and in other European countries where where sexuality is more openly talked about and individuality is more accepted, people don't come out as much. It's just accepted that anyone can love anyone, and that's just it. Think about a world think about a world where the closet never existed and where no one ever felt trapped behind a door. Mm. PS, we've also talked about how it's bullshit that straight people don't come out as heterosexual, so it doesn't really make sense that if we're aiming for an inclusive society that anyone not heterosexual has to have a moment in life where they declare that. I think if we want to have an inclusive society, people need to retrain their brains to stop assuming everyone is straight. I think that's a great point. I think it's a great point, too. Just as we talked about in the pronouns episode, you shouldn't just assume everyone's pronouns. Yeah. You shouldn't just assume everyone's sexuality, either. You shouldn't have to wait for them to declare, like, this is what's, quote-unquote, normal. Yeah. Because then it assumes that the other is abnormal. Exactly. In some way. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that... You know, we we talked about this a little bit in the mini episode that we recorded just before this, talking about, you know, how, you know, hopefully we can world, live in a world someday where coming out doesn't have to be such a thing. But at the same time, recognizing in this day and age and in the world that we live in, that it is something to celebrate and it is something to, you know, say is is brave and amazing and all of these things, but hopefully within all that, we're striving toward a society where we don't assume things about people. We don't assume who this person loves. I think that's a really beautiful picture of how you want to see the world. I agree. Okay, so this next story is from Scott from the podcast Movies That Made Us Gay. If you don't follow them or listen to them, they're fantastic. Uh, They did an episode on Mean Girls this week. And I've been talking to them about coming on and doing a Judy movie, hopefully at the end of the summer. What a lovely, or like, what a genius idea for a show. I I mean, really. It's fantastic, because there are so many, when you're in the podcasting space, like, there are so many podcasts on every subject, Yeah, And I feel like there are so many movie podcasts and movie review podcasts, but that in particular is genius. Movies that made us gay. So this is from Scott. It's super, super short, but it's so adorable. He says, I came out to my mom and stepdad during a Scrabble game. Sadly, I didn't spell out a word, but if I did, it would have been Judy. Oh. <laughs> I, I wanted to be like, or you can just write out in Scrabble, friend of Dorothy, and we see if they get it. to see it. Yeah, so um, I said that, you know, we totally will use it. It's a great story. And I asked, did you get the response you were hoping for slash expecting? And they go, oh, yeah, it all went over fine. <laughs> You know what? I feel like so far this episode, knock on wood, has been very positive. So far all positive, and I honestly can't remember. Wait, like, I've it's read- never happened when we've had all positive stories. No, and like I've been reading them as they're coming. I haven't, I didn't like go reread them before we recorded today. I really don't remember if we have a sad one. Let's see. Let's well, keep going. Here we go. Okay. Hi, I'm Sophie. I came out a few weeks ago when I told my mom that I was bi. She just said that she already knew and that she always thought I'd like girls since I was a baby. But I haven't came out to my brother. I haven't come out to my brother yet because he is openly homophobic and I'm too scared. Okay, 
This one is not positive. I remember this story now, and this one pissed me the fuck off. Well, that's really, yeah, I mean, after what we just said, knocking on wood did nothing. Don't believe the superstition. No. But, yeah, I mean, this makes me nervous already. This is a, it's a bad one. Keep reading. Okay. Me and my brother never got along because I've always wanted to be an activist and he's always been against equal rights. I recently bought a pride flag and hung it up in my bedroom, but yesterday when he saw it, he started complaining and saying a bunch of slurs and he wrote the F slur on it in permanent marker. See? As a parent. Yeah, how do you, like, if your one child is treating your other child that way, I'm not saying it's on the parents to, like... No, but what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Especially if, like, the parent is supportive of your identity and then you have a brother, like, clearly they're still living together, that all this is happening and feeling so incredibly, like trapped like like I got scared for this person when I was reading it just made me so uncomfortable to think that I could come back into my space and see something so hateful and horrible in my own room can I tell you this is one of the things that makes me the the most scared about potentially ever having children yeah it's one of the things that makes me not want to have kids is because clearly I mean I'm not saying that their parents did everything right because I don't know that but they have one child who has a little activist heart who felt comfortable coming out to yeah. the mother in this situation and got support from the mother in this situation. So I have to believe that there's at least some acceptance going on within this family. Right. And it's, yet, not, it's not like she's living, it's not like they're living in a home that is unaccepting all the way around. Right. So that scares me because it makes me feel like no matter what you do as a parent, you could still end up with a kid who's shitty. Sorry. I mean, that's 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 the thing is it's like, you know, I listen to a show called True Crime Obsessed and one of the hosts talks about his daughter and says like, you know, if Daisy ever murdered someone, I would be the first person to turn her in. Would I stop loving her? No. And I think that that's something that as a parent, you have to kind of like, it's a risk you take, unfortunately. Like there's mental health, there's other, there's other circumstances, friends, uh, social pressures, all this kind of stuff. And all you can do is love them the best you can, hope that they change, hope that they learn and grow. Should we finish the story? Yes, we're (laughs) going to finish the story. Uh, He also stole some of my money that I earned and used it to buy a flag that has loads of homophobic homophobic slurs on it. I'm sorry. Okay, let me finish the story. Let me finish the story. (laughs) We're getting too upset about this one. My mom didn't do anything because she says he has a right to his own opinion, which is true, but I don't think he should hate and harass me and others just because of our sex preferences or lack thereof in my case. So basically what I'm wondering is if I'm being insensitive for being upset about it. Okay, first of all, (laughs) first of all, as a parent, even if you want to facilitate this free-thinking Okay, let's just go that way. You want to facilitate this, like, free thinking... You got Keegan mad. Right. <laughs> Keegan's <laughs> got her serious face on. The, the hands are going, which yeah. is how you know. Even if you want to facilitate that within your household, within, you know, for your children, this kind of, like, free thinking mentality where you... Uh, in most cases, I would say that's probably a good thing to allow people to make their own uh, decisions and yeah. make their own choices. 
However, there's a couple things wrong with that in this case. One, first of all, he stole from you. Yeah. Like, he stole money from your other child. He needs to be punished exactly. for that. He vandalized your other child's property. He needs to be punished for that. And thirdly, a difference of opinion. Human rights are not a difference of opinion. Exactly. And you should it, that's never... That's not an opinion. Right. You should never allow... That shouldn't be something that you just allow to exist uh, and fester and grow it's within your like household. It's not like one of you likes pineapple on your pizza and the other doesn't. This is right. like basic, How you like your coffee. It's not like that. It, this is basic human rights and safety. Like, to me, that, that doesn't qualify as an opinion to Agreed. be homophobic. Like, being homophobic is not your opinion. And not only homophobic, aggressive. Like, it's, yeah. it's not... It's not not as if this is something that, not that it would be good either way, but it's not something that is being quietly, you know, dealt with. He is being active He's and aggressive towards your other child. So punishment needs to happen here. Like, I'm not a parent, but I can just tell you, like, punishment, there needs to be punishment for this, even even if it was just the, the theft and the vandalism. Punishment needs to happen. But right. beyond that... You do not need to be, you're not, you are actively putting one child in harm's way yeah. by trying to, quote unquote, protect another child. Yeah. It's, it's not, that's not how this should work at all. No. And I, I'm so sorry to you. I'm so sorry that you're having to um, live in a situation that's like that. Let me tell you right now, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you love your family and you love your mom. Uh, she's wrong here. And if you feel like she's wrong here... She is, and um, you're in the right. You're in the right, and you I, can I feel hope, good in that. I hope she comes around, and I I hope that you remain safe. And yeah, you know, I mean, one thing that I was really struck by was the fact that this person is facing extreme adversity, is potentially not safe, yet is still unabashedly themselves. Yeah. And has so much strength. And I sent a message to them after they sent it because I was so shaken up by what I had read where I just said, please don't ever lose that strength and that idea of being authentically yourself. Because I think it's so easy for people to want to crawl away or to make themselves small and not be themselves when people are putting them in harm's way. So the fact that this person is able to still be themselves through all of this is amazing to me. Right, and you will come out on the other side. I know that there's that whole, like, it gets better trope, and some but, people don't want to hear that, but it does get better. Like, you stick to who you are, because there will come a time when you will get to make your own decisions yeah, as an adult. You're not going to live with your mom and your brother forever. Right. You know, like, there are going to be times where you can also make decisions about boundaries, how often you want to have them in your life, what that's going to look like. And when you're a kid, which I'm assuming, you know, either this is a young adult or someone who is still a minor, um, you don't have those options. It's not as easy for you to make those decisions for yourself, unfortunately. But it, as it sucks to say, hold on, it gets better. You know, it's like, well, it sucks right now. Like, I understand that. But truly, there are people out in the world for you who are going to love and accept you for exactly who you are. You know, not in spite of it or, you know, anything hope, like that. I hope eventually, because I don't know how old your brother is either. I don't know the ages here. I know that 
being a teenage, it's not an excuse, but I also know that like being a teenager and a middle schooler is a really weird time. And I hope that your brother is able to look back on this and realize that what he did was harmful and hurtful to his sibling and is able to genuinely feel remorse about that and apologize about it because I I have hope because you listen, siblings do really fucked up shit to each other. Yeah. And a lot of times they'll grow up and say, wow, like, I'm so sorry I did that, you know? This isn't like, if it was just the stealing the money, that would be something that years down the line you'd be like, oh, sorry I did that. I really hope that this brother can become educated, can become more sensitive, can become softer. Well, people are and can so... can work on himself, because clearly there's some shit going on with this I mean, person, too. Ag- again, I need to know the age here. Yeah, because yeah. I do feel like oftentimes people are so influenced by what they're around. And I don't know the situation. Again, I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying... No, but we want to try to... But I think it's human nature to try to figure it out when somebody is behaving in a way that seems so strange to us right that's why we analyze it because it's like okay what makes this person think so differently from me and from the people he's living with yeah you know so that makes me feel like there has to be some kind of either something's really wrong (laughs) which is possible or there's some kind of outside influence that i i hope he grows out of and can then apologize to you for this behavior because you you deserve it and if he doesn't and this is something that goes on for the rest of your life. Just know it's also okay to go no contact with people who are uh, toxic. So, 100%. It's been five years since I talked to my dad. Yeah. It's possible and it can make you happier, everybody. All right. This next one starts, all caps, coming out story. Okay. I haven't told my parents. Sometime between my dad deciding I was, quote, too much, been there, mm-hmm. and my mom saying she didn't want either of us to be gay... It just seemed healthier to have little to do with them than justify who I am. I was always afraid of outing myself as ace. I imagined it meant a life of loneliness, of abnormality, being a freak. I tried on so many hats, forced myself into bad situations to try and fix myself. I believed I was so beyond broken I could never be whole. I told a friend, and they told me I just had to wait for the right guy. I believed them. I started actually coming out to my friends last June, and I haven't been able to stop. Owning who you are is welcoming a whole world you can't imagine. Colors and sounds are more vivid, and you feel like you're stepping through the world instead of living separate from it. It's truly beautiful. I told one person, then another, and another. The people most integral to my life know me deeply, but I'm still so scared of telling the wider populace. If someone tells you who they are, believe them. Don't assume you know more. You don't know the hell they've been through, the hatred, the bad choices they've made to try and fix themselves. Life is hard enough. Why do we make it crueler than it needs to be? Oh, I love that sentiment because that's that's actually, when it comes down to it, that's kind of how I feel about everything where it's just like, I feel like it takes so much, even from a selfish standpoint, I feel like it takes so much energy to be hateful and angry 100% about someone else's life yeah like, if this makes this person happy 
why you not let them be happy? Like, yeah, I, I, I really don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. And just trust that they know themselves better yeah, I, than you know them. Why do you need to understand it? And why is it that person's responsibility to explain it to you? You know what I mean? I think that's the other thing is, like, if there's something that you don't understand, it's not on the person who's telling you about themselves to have to explain themselves to you. You know, maybe you don't need all of those questions answered and just be okay with not needing everything explained to you either. Yeah, I agree. I can understand that too of like, well, it's easier to come out to these people or whatever and choosing who and who you don't want to be open with. Which is valid as well. Because it's the same with anything private. Like there are things that I would tell you or other close friends that I'm not going to tell my not so close friends. Right. You know, it's just all about your comfortability level and how you want to live your life. Yeah, I agree. Okay. My coming out story was messy and complicated. As a teenager, I was outed unintentionally before I was ready, and it felt like a carpet being pulled out from under me. I was met with disbelief, questioning, and disgust. I was it, it was really hard, and I went more or less back into the closet for years. I struggled dating men and never had fulfilling relationships. In 2019, I met my fiancé and fell deeply in love. I came out of the closet all over again. It was still difficult, but this time it felt freeing. There is so much shame drilled into us from birth. It's hard to completely avoid, even when we think we feel comfortable in our own skin. The first time I came out, I never thought I would be able to legally marry a woman, and now I'm making plans to marry the love of my life. <laughs> That's amazing. That is so sweet. And, you know, it started out... It started out horrible. Sad. Yeah. I mean, having being outed, I mean... It's just like, I mean, I can only, I I obviously don't have that experience myself, but I can think about a time where, you know, you tell someone a secret and they share the secret and suddenly it's like everyone in school knows and you just feel... The betrayal and it's the worst thing ever, you know, yeah. And that's just speaking about, that could be anything, that could be that you had a crush on somebody, you know, but for it to be something as integral as your sexuality as personal as that and something that you know within our current society and if you're our age right like when we were growing up also something that was very openly being criticized yeah constantly not that it's not criticized now but you know back when we were teenagers especially like it was something that was taboo to talk about yeah for sure and very openly mocked mocked too yes yeah, and so for someone to make that decision for you before you're ready to face that uh, would be horrible. I'm so sorry that happened to you, but I'm also so happy that you are now in a happy relationship and that you're getting married to Yay! the person that you love. I think that that is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It all works out, see? Yeah. That's what we say. You know, it's like you got to sometimes just kind of Trust the process. Weather through the storm and hope and know and like hold on to that hope that it like it will like someday it will get better. Yeah. And I'm glad that that day is like starting to come for so many. I didn't realize I was queer until I was in the Marine Corps <laughs> until I was in Marine Corps boot camp in a tent with my beautiful Peruvian bunkmate and had a very vivid dream <laughs> about her that night. <laughs> Look. 
Who Among Us? Am I right? Who Among Us hasn't had a dream about a sexy Peruvian roommate, right? (laughs) I slowly figured myself out, so I was well into my 20s before calling my sister to finally, quote, out myself and asking her to be the one to tell mom and dad. I kind of love that, too. I love that. You trust your sister. God bless that you have someone in your life that you can trust enough with that, you know? Totally. Uh, Her response... Oh, sister, they already know. We all already knew. (laughs) I love my family. That's so good. I mean, honestly, like, I feel like that's the best response that you could possibly get. And I think there's something really wonderful, too, about the parents where they're like, no, I know my kid. I see it. And they're totally cool with it. And they support it. And it's like, I'm not going to say anything when they're ready. They're going to say something to me and I'm going to be cool with it. (laughs) Like, that's some good patience, too, on the parents' part. You know what I mean? To not, like, intrude and ask questions and things like that. you also just have to know that, like, people are constantly figuring things out. And, like, just because you're like, I think that this might be the case, you gotta kind of be like, well, who knows? You can't assume. Yeah. Oh, man. Dear Angry Neighborhood Family, hey, it's Madigan. (laughs) I'm bisexual! (laughs) Yay! Yay! I feel like we got to put in some air horns. Yeah, right, exactly. I know, I was like, I can't just say it. I have to, like, sing it or something and have, like, jazz hands going. Um, I've known that I've been attracted to both men and women for as long as I can remember, but there have been circumstances in my life that have prevented me from owning that part of myself. I don't think I realized as a kid that it was possible to find both sexes attractive. I thought you were either gay or straight, and I knew I wasn't a lesbian, so I figured I was just straight. Also, being raised Catholic in the Midwest didn't bless me with the biggest example of queer people and relationships. You all know I've dated some not-so-great men in the past. The first and worst ex of my adult life was emotionally and sexually abusive to me from the age of 18 to 21. Enduring sexual trauma along with mental abuse, I wasn't able to think for myself or be truly authentic. After him, I found another guy in college who was timid and nice, the opposite of the last one. But this guy was incredibly jealous and paranoid. He opened my browsing history and saw that I liked watching girl-on-girl porn, which created this paranoia that I was going to, quote, turn gay and leave him. He was also jealous of any guy I was in contact with. I left that relationship in 2018 and started to finally take the time to learn more about myself. I went to therapy to work on my sexual and emotional trauma, and when finding myself, I was able to admit something to myself that I never felt validated to do before. I'm attracted to women, too. I've always enjoyed kissing girls, I've always had crushes on girls and women, and now I can finally be open about that. I always say now that if I could go back to being 18 years old with the dating apps and the resources we have now, I probably would have been living openly by. My boyfriend now, Max, has been the most encouraging and accepting person I've ever met, and the more me I am, the more he seems to love me, and I love him for the human he is, not for what's between his legs. Another reason I put off coming out to myself and others is the fact that I have a history of heteronormative relationships exclusively, and if that could somehow invalidate who I was in the eyes of others. Yes, I've dated guys, but I'm still fucking bi. I also worry about infringing on the LGBTQIA community for those reasons as well. I hope there is space for someone like me. So I wanted to be open with you, my listeners, about my sexual identity. I've bounced back and forth between identifying as pan or bi since I've always believed in loving a person, not a gender, but for right now, bisexual feels like the best fit. 
I'm so thankful to this show for educating me, as I think this experience has a lot to do with becoming a more complete version of myself. And thank you to you listeners who have taught me so much and given me a safe space to be myself. Happy Pride, y'all. Madigan! <laughs> I'm, like, sweating right now. No, Madigan, I'm really proud of you. Thank I think you. that, you know, I think that we spend a lot of time on this show commending young people for being brave, for doing things when they're young, right? Yeah. Where Because we didn't do that. And the way that we were raised, or specifically the way that I was raised, we kind of shied away from doing that. Yeah. But I actually think that there's something to be said about, like, figuring yourself out as you get older and how sometimes it can actually be harder. Like, it can be harder to be coming to those conclusions as you get older because you feel like your history, you feel yeah. like all of these things behind you define who you are and that you it's too late and you yeah. can't change. Like, you can't change how you, how you define yourself and... I think it's really brave and wonderful that, like, not only did you come to this conclusion, but you feel like you can share it Yeah, with everybody. I mean, it's it's funny because I was talking to Max about this where I, it's not something that, you know, I mean, it's not something that comes up in conversation, you know, so it's not something that I feel like a lot of people know about me, but I also feel like the friends of mine who listen, the listeners that we have, like, it almost still feels private in a way. You know, it doesn't quite feel as I'm opening myself up to criticism of my family or people who knew me growing up or people that look at my life and see who I'm dating and can make assumptions about me that aren't true. And I, I don't want to have to explain myself. And I think that's the thing that makes me not want to bring it up out of the blue. Well, but having it be more of a gradual process with people. <laughs> just know that you never have to explain yourself. Like, you know, other people might want answers. You don't have to give those answers. Like, yeah. anything that you don't want to share with anybody, you don't have to share with them. And yeah. if somebody's first response to you telling the truth about who you are to them is to ask you questions or yeah. to try and, like, catch you in a lie or... Yeah, or if like, they know your history, say, oh, but X, Y, Z, you know, it's just If that's their first response, though, that's a problem. Like, that's not somebody who really actually is supportive of you. Right, and right? that's why I think for me it's like I'm not... I don't, I don't want to talk to those people about that then. Like, if they find out another way, that's fine. Sure. But it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to feel like I have to put myself in a position with every single person in my life where I have to go out of my way to and explain my identity. You don't. Which you, I don't. And, don't. I, and I feel fine with that. And I'm. it's one of those things that I'm learning to just... It's just not a secret. You know what I mean? Like, it's not something that I'm necessarily like telling everybody I know and like getting really into it but if you're close to me and you're someone that I trust it's just something that you know about me right yeah, yeah. I think that that's wonderful Madigan and I know again. that like you told me a while ago and, and I, she gave me a slice of cake gave you some cake we had some <laughs> wine and uh you know I always try and ride the line between wanting to give you the appropriate amount of congratulations because it's and I feel like this is kind of a perfect thing to say during a coming out episode is there it feels like there's I want to tell everybody good job and yeah. I'm proud of you because I know it's hard 
And congratulations for feeling like you are ready to be open with the world about who you are. But I also want to make sure I'm also writing the line of like, I'm not going to make this a big, big deal. Because to me, who you are attracted to is not who you are. Right. It doesn't change me. It doesn't change our friendship. There's nothing. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. Because also, I think that just like anytime anyone is congratulated or complimented, it's kind of like, oh, why are you? Oh, my God, why? Like, And I think that's easy for people to do when you call them brave or courageous or say anything like that. But I do also think... And it should be acknowledged. Yeah. And and that's the thing is that even if it's kind of like, who, me? Like, is there's that thought process? I think that there's something like... The fact that you so openly accepted it and were so, like, excited about it and like, well, I made a cake. This will be your coming out cake. Like, that, I would rather have somebody be openly excited and accepting of it than have them be like, okay. But that's just me personally. Like, I I like that I have people in my life that are as expressive as I am with how they feel and they're able to share that with me. Yeah. Makes me feel better. It makes me also not, like get into my, like, spirally brain of, like, well, what are they thinking? Like, are they thinking this? Or, like, what are they wondering? Or what are they assuming about me? Where when somebody can be black or white, happy or sad about it or whatever, like, it makes me feel so much better. And the fact that I have a boyfriend that is so cool with it. um, I like to point out all the hot girls that I watch in movies (laughs) anyways um, and things like that. So I I just feel really stupid lucky. I mean, I don't think that I could have ever done this with anyone else or in any other time or even with just people I've surrounded myself with. And, you know, I think there was a trend in a lot of these messages talking about the pandemic and how it really gave people this, like, it kind of forced people to look at themselves Time to reflect. I think it did that to everyone. Yeah. And I think that, you know, because I remember last year's coming out episode with a lot of these episodes, like, knowing it about myself, but still not really being able to validate it and not knowing how to explain it or label it. And... I'm so glad that we have been given this opportunity, as horrible as the pandemic was. I'm so glad that so many of the of my friends and our listeners have taken the time and made the best of it to really look inside themselves, think about what makes them happy, who makes them happy, what's going to make them happy, whether it's a move or a new job or coming out or anything like that. I'm just so happy that there can be some good that came out of this past year and it feels really really good to me it felt awkward at first even saying like I'm bi I was like oh god that's super weird but it now like that I've kind of gotten used to it it feels like it kind of finally makes sense yeah everything just feels validated every feeling I've ever had it just kind of is like it's what it is Yeah. yeah yeah and I feel like you know kind of in conclusion of this episode However, whenever, to whomever, you feel comfortable coming out, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Right. You know, and don't let anybody push you faster than you want to go, and don't let anybody shove you further in than you want to be. You know, figure out what's right for you, and understand that it's different for every person, and understand that 
every person who has come out has battled those feelings. Yeah, and it's giving yourself time for grace and learning about yourself because I think I've felt a lot of frustration with referring to myself as straight and just not feeling that way and just, but then not knowing how else to identify and just kind of feeling frustrated in how I thought about my sexuality and really, like... I don't think there's any other time that it would have made sense. Like, I needed this time. I needed to have my life experiences. I needed everything in my life to be exactly the way it was for me to be able to kind of finally just be cool with it. Yeah. So, yeah, there you have it, folks. (laughs) I think that that is awesome. And, you you know, I'm happy for you because I feel like you're lighter. And that's what's important. I'm I'm not happy for you because I'm like... I know your sexual preference. I'm happy right. for you because I feel like you're living in in who you are, and to me that makes me happy. Well, because you're a good friend. You know, and for all of our listeners who wrote in, I'm happy for you. Exactly. Regardless Whether it was of, a good or bad right. reaction. The fact that you know who you are, or you're working towards that, or you're asking those questions because almost everyone who wrote in was pretty young as well. And yeah. the fact that you're even working towards that is commendable and like wonderful and it makes me very hopeful for the future regardless of where you are right now or how you feel right now when you're listening to this episode just know that we're proud of you we want you to keep working on yourself yep keep looking at yourself keep being analytical of of yourself introspective yeah because the better you know yourself, the better it is. Yeah. That's really how it goes. Yeah. So. I just want to say, I think that we have the smartest and best listeners of any podcast in the world. Yeah. Like, I seriously, and I meant what I said at the end of my story of just how much I've learned from everybody and what this show has taught me. And I, I'm just so, I'm so happy too that we have people who feel like family enough to be able to share their stories with us. And on this platform. Yeah. And to be themselves. I, I'm just so, I'm so proud of everybody and this and all that we do and all that you do. Y'all are so freaking smart and kind and wonderful and we love you so much. We do. And we hope you have had a wonderful Pride Month. How is it over already? I know this year is really flying by. I feel like I say that every year, but... This year more than ever. I think Max and I decided that we're going to redo this year. So in a week, I'm not turning 29, I'm turning 28, and he's going to be turning 30 again this year. <laughs> I, You know what? I think that's very fair. Well, I feel like you should deduct the number of birthdays you had to have in the choir. So you had two. I had two, so I feel like I am 29. Okay, cool. You can be 29, I'll be 28. Sound good? Very well. All yes. right. <laughs> again, thank you so much to everybody who sent their stories in. I am already looking forward to next year's episode. It touches our hearts in ways that I hope you guys can can feel in response to listening to this. Um, it almost feels weird to give a spiel at the end of an episode like this, but we really love and appreciate you guys. We really love and appreciate you all so much. I'm actually going to switch up my spiel here. If you love us and you want others to love us, the best way that you can help us as a business is to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends and family about us if this is something that you love and that helps you, so on and so forth. Um, If there's anything that you want to send us in, whether it be for the news episode or you just want to send us a quick message, we love interacting with with you all. So please email us at neighborhoodfeminist 
Feminist at gmail.com or direct message us at Angry Neighborhood Feminist on Instagram. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other wonderful listeners on the group page. All right, that's all we have for you today. With all of that being said, we encourage you to to rage on. Bye and happy pride! Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.